And I'm Mon Glass. And I'm Lawson Walters. And I'm Barney Chu. Woo! And we are on radio. Because yeah. we're not the bre- <laughs> like we're doing the breakfast show, but we're not the breakfast show. Like well, Mon, you're the breakfast show. One third of us. Is, is, is the breakfast She is also the one third that's had breakfast. Yeah, half Dude, of it. so true. Half I'm of pretty it. hungry. I, I had some fruit mm. and then discovered that some of my fruit in my fruit salad had turned. And so I just chucked the rest. Rough gig. I'm very depressed and I'm really hungry and I can't wait to go out for breakfast afterwards. Yep, upset yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> Sorry, I like that. Yes, yes, you stressy today. depressy. <laughs> yes, I am one third of half of the breakfast show. Um, okay, so we are back. In our studio, doing the encounter with God, and we're mm-hmm. most pleased to announce that Vanya has decided to stick around and oh, nice. join us for the Bible. So we love it when the interview sticks around, only because she promised me breakfast afterwards. Well, yeah, to be oh, honest, cute. to be honest, she doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> it's either she stays here or she gets lost in Newcastle, <laughs> lost and hungry and all alone. Shoot, that wouldn't be a problem if she didn't have to eat food, dude. You and this is like you've gone anti. Digestion. Do you know what? There is actually this thing in Silicon Valley where computer programmers didn't want to take time away from, you know, their work to be doing things like eating food. So they invented a powder that you can just eat that has all your nutrients. I reckon if you ate that your whole life, you'd wind up very, very sick at the end. I because reckon if that's, that if you that's don't all it took, don't you, think, about. don't you think God would have made it like that if that was all it would took? Yeah, take. but I think God is also about enjoyment and he wants us to enjoy the food that we exactly. eat. Exactly. Out of your own mouth. Out of your own But at own the same time, mouth, I'm like, son. we live in a world of sin, you know? Did you just hear what you said? Just keep listening to but yourself. But then there's food that tastes bad. Food doesn't taste bad. Not when the God stuff makes that it. God made. Yeah, but there is food that tastes bad because you don't it's have human to eat food. the stuff that that you that you've made. No, I think that the best way to go is that we just don't have to eat food because we live. God in the disagrees sin. with you. So I feel like there was a Bible study supposed to happen. Yeah, thank I you, feel thank like you, Vani. No, the interviewee I, this, is the most mature person on this show right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Who am I? What do you mean a clue for this quiz? Who am I? I said. But Lord, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Ooh, smelly dead guy. You could almost say this was something I was saying about Lawson. He's been here for four days and the studio stinks. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I just cop it. I, all I do and is And it's an enclosed it. space. You really don't want to smell him right now. <laughs> no, this was a quote. Is that the real reason why you pyramid schemed me some cologne? <laughs> possible (laughs) there was a sale on cologne at at the pharmacy Uh and I I made uh Lawson buy some (laughs) (laughs) I literally did the hard sell on him and got him to buy some but it was really great he got like a $120 bottle of perfume for like what was it 45 bucks yeah anyway who said but Lord by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days I know I know no you don't she does know she messaged it to me before Mm -hmm. You even knew before you even had your pen up. I don't think before you, you know. even guessed wrongly. You, before you even you got out of bed this morning, name. she knew the answer. You know my name, not my story. Okay, <laughs> you don't know me. You're well, I'm waiting God. on the story. Oh well. Okay. Yes, Barney's going to interview you for your story and publish that well, thing. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned, listeners. Uh, get yourself a copy of the record. You'll soon see Lawson's testimony. Mm-hmm. It is an incredible Isn't testimony. It? See my beautiful mustache. <laughs> 
No one wants to see your moustache. <laughs> we want to hear the story. We know your name. We want to hear the story. We're not mm. interested in the moustache. The only thing more interesting than his moustache is his story. That's it. You should... Vani, there's a headline there's for a you. Head- <laughs> <laughs> so, Vani will be at some point soon. Because <clears throat> you've been trying to interview Lawson for a while now for his story, haven't Oh, I've you? been chasing him since Ethiopia. He's too busy. <laughs> yeah, he's a busy little fella. He's I a am. busy man. Busy little fella, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, Bible study. Let's get into Bible study. I'm really enjoying the story of Exodus. Yeah. Um, the Bible season two, we're calling it, Vani, mm-hmm. uh, because indeed it covers like part two from Genesis. Mm. Yeah, and just, I guess, to remind people of the, the reason I, I, I call it that and, and sort of my, my thoughts surrounding that was that, you know, the, especially the first <laughs> five books of the Bible, they're all heading one direction. Um, which is God has established his people on earth. He's, esta- you know, he's made the call to Abraham and he has his people and he's trying to get them into the promised land. That's the overarching narrative of the book of Exodus. Uh, sorry, of the of the first five books of the Bible. And then each book kind of has its little own seasonal narrative as, as good you know TV shows do. Um, and the, the story of the book of Exodus is the... Exodus, uh, you know, God delivering the people out of um, captivity in Egypt um, and, you know, and then putting them on the path towards the promised land in Canaan. And so we've been looking at going over that. And where we sort of closed off yesterday, where we finished was we arrived at the Ten Commandments. And now I actually made a little, little statement. I said, I reckon the Ten Commandments is like the chiastic peak of Exodus. And what I mean by that, I, I explained this yesterday, but I'll explain it again. Basically, how Jewish poetry works is, you know, in, in a different way that how English poetry works. In English poetry, it works in the in the way of A, B, A, B, A, B. So you say something, and then you rhyme it with the next line. And then you say something, and then you rhyme it with the next line. And, and you sort of just go on, and, and you have little, little uh, you know, each, each sort of line relates to itself and whatnot. Whereas the chiastic structure of pro- poetry that's used in Jewish writing um, it works in a pyramid fashion. So the first thing that's said and the last thing that's said in a particular poem or a particular particular writing are related, and then the first, and then there's sort of two. There's two like things that come after that, and then they're related. And but then there's a middle. There's like a peak. There's like a central kind of theme. And I believe you know God giving the children of Israel the law on the top of Mount Sinai is that peak um, of the book of Exodus. But then again, there's like. You know, then scholars have um, come to the conclusion that the peak of the first five books of the Bible is actually Leviticus chapter sixteen and the the sanctuary service, the Day of Atonement, and the whole saving, yeah. the saving of sin. You know, by the blood of the Lamb. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Ten Commandments because this is something that's actually, you know, it's so interesting. I think if you come from the perspective of not knowing much about Christianity, or you just sort of knew what pop culture would tell you. Um, you would you would sort of say, okay, yeah, well, the Christians they keep the Ten Commandments. That's their that's their thing. That's what they're known for. You know, the the Ten Commandments of God. That's that's the law of the Christians. But there is heavy debate in Christianity about how that actually applies to our lives, which is really interesting, because it's like it seems like something so well known and so foundational. The Ten Commandments is like, oh man, you know, this is just this is the Christian thing. Yet there are a number of people, a number of you know Christian denominations, you know a, a great deal of them, um, who who reject the Ten Commandments. Who say no, the check the the Ten Commandments they were given under the dispensation of the Jews. Essentially, what that means is you know when when the Jews were around. 
that's when the Ten Commandments were given and that's when they were relevant. Well, hang on. What I find really funny is they really only reject some of the commandments. I mean, I feel like most Christians would be like, well, okay, it's not cool to kill people. Or you know, steal or lie. Or steal or to, you know, sleep with someone else's wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are certain commandments that seem to be more forgotten than others. But I think this is where the disconnect is. It's because they say, okay, we follow the teachings of Jesus, but the Ten Commandments was for the Jews. Which doesn't make any sense because everything that Jesus taught was in line with the Ten Commandments, and this is one of the you know the key um, the key principles of establishing inspiration in biblical text. Like saying, okay, which books are in the Bible because of inspiration, is that they're based on books that preceded it. Like as in, it they have to agree with books that came before it. So basically, mm-hmm. the entire Bible, in a way, routes back to the first five books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's like every single prophet that came after that had to agree with the first five books of the Bible. But I mean, even if you go back to the book of Genesis, you can yeah. see that there are some commandments which have already been instituted exactly. and mm-hmm. founded there. And we're going to be talking about that today. What is the Ten Commandments? You know, well, we, we kind of know what it is already, even if you have no experience with Christianity. You have this idea of this, there's this list of things that Christians claim to keep. But we're going to be looking at how that applies to us, whether it's still relevant um, and you know, what should be our relationship to that? You know, are we, what's the go with that? Because I think the biggest accusation is people who believe, who subscribe to like the Ten Commandments believe that you're saved by keeping them. (laughs) But we're going to be looking at that today. We're going to be understanding, okay, what's the, what's the point of the Ten Commandments? Why did God give them? Because the Ten Commandments is the law that God literally wrote on stone. Mm-hmm. The rest of the laws was like God told Moses and he wrote them down. The Ten Commandments, though, that was like the finger of God. Like that was. And the thing is, the more that you actually, you know, touch something with your hands, the more personal it becomes. Oof. It's kind of like I got a bread maker earlier this year and when I. Yeah, but anyways, hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be. Uh, I want to hear about the bread maker that. in a second, dude. Hundred percent. Hold that thought, Vani. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Sorry, Vani, we forgot to tell. There's like a six second ad thing that happens right there. But yeah, tell me about the bread maker. Oh well, basically, I got a bread maker earlier this year because I realised I had all these Qantas frequent flyer points, and I was excited to use them, and I always wanted to see what having a bread maker would be like. And I have to tell you, Mon, I was excited, but also a little bit disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. How come? Well, the bread turned out perfectly, but because it had been, you know, sort of churning away in the machine and I hadn't actually had anything to do with it except put the ingredients in there and press the buttons, I felt like I actually hadn't made that bread. Like it didn't feel the same as when you're actually punching the dough Mm -hmm. and kneading it and, you know, making the bread yourself. When you you say, oh, it's this homemade bread, but deep down you're like, I didn't really make it at all. Exactly. (laughs) And you know why? That's why I think, you know, God actually took the time to form and create us with his you know, hands, mm. because it was something that was personal. It was something that he mm. put his stamp on. 100%. And it's just some bread making. Or you could do what my dad does, and you could be like, I'm going to make bread, and then you just make some rocks. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I feel like there's dad. a story there. Called, oh, he just tried to make bread, and he just... Burnt it because, and he was so proud of it. Like Aww. as in, uh, not when it was finished, but leading up to, him, he's like, "Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> I'm making bread." You know, 
Bless, Bless me. Um, it's like, yeah, I'm making bread. I'm getting this done. You know, I am. I am a chef extraordinaire. I'm punching my dough. I'm like putting it in the oven. I am an absolute genius of the culinary <laughs> arts. And then he pulls it out of the. Of the of the oven it's just disgusting it's just a rock oh. it's just a big rock one time he tried to make brownies he did the exact same thing put it in the oven like he's like yes i am a genius puts it in and uh, brings it out and it's just a, a rock i don't understand how people get baking so wrong just, but you literally just follow the instructions anyway go on yeah but the law of god you know like you said it's it's something that seems personal it comes from god what should be a, you know in 20 i want to ask the question in 2019, what is our relationship to the law of God? What, you know, I used the word dispensation before. Basically, that's a word that refers to what set of beliefs are we told to believe? You know, what set of orthodoxy are we supposed to keep? You know, what are we supposed to do? What is our dispensation? What is our belief of what we should do? We're going to be looking at that today. We're going to be trying to understand, okay, well, what are we supposed to do? And we're going to start that by going to the book of First John. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. I love the books of John. They're just all good. There's John and there's 1 John, 2 John, then 3 John, then Revelation. And then there's just the Gospel of John as well. <laughs> oh, but I, I said that one. I said, if I said you John. are at home, feel free to follow along in your Bibles. Uh, if you are driving, please keep your hands on the wheel and let us do the turning for you. <laughs> Check this out. Varney, can yeah, you do me? Actually, no. I'm gonna use. I want you to read a text for me later. Okay. But I want. I want Monica. Can you read chapter three and verse four for us of First John? First John chapter three and verse four says this: Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask the question. Okay. What What is the point of Jesus? What is the point of the plan of salvation? Like, what was God's goal? You know, what does it look like to save people? What does it look like to save people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so God is doing something, you know, he's trying to save people. What is he saving people from? Death. Death. Okay. And why does death exist? Because it's a penalty for sin. Because it's the penalty Mm -hmm. of sin. The wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. God's whole game, God's whole thing is to save people from sin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's like the whole purpose of like... It's like, he doesn't want you to die. And he doesn't want you to sin because that's what causes death. But it's exactly. like, wouldn't it be great if you didn't sin in the first place to yeah. cause that death? Exactly. So yeah, that's why the he sin, wants us to not sin. But it's not just like death. It's pain and suffering and... Separation. Heart, and and separation, all the things that are associated Alienation. With it. Everything terrible in this world is a result of sin. Mm. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's like God is doing a work, you know, through the death of his son. Like he gave up everything to get rid of sin. To, to make propitiate, propitiation, as, as the Bible says, to, to make a provision um, for, for us all to be saved. Like, that that's what he's doing. For us all to be saved, he needs to take away our sins. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. And the Bible gives us here in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 a literal definition of what that is. And it's like, if you commit sin, <laughs> you are breaking the law of God. Mm-hmm. That's what sin is. In its entirety, sin is breaking the law of God. So it's like God is the person who wants to save us from sin, and sin, in its literal definition, is breaking the law of God. So for me, at that point, you know, the gears turn in my head. I want to say, okay, God wants to save me from sin. Sin is the breaking of the law of God. 
well, then what is the law of God? You know, how can I reconcile the relationship between that? How do I, what, what conclusion do I then need to come to? How do I re- personally, personally um, relate to that? Well, the law of God obviously shows you where you go right or wrong. Mm. Well, we're going to be looking at that in, in a little bit, man. You are like, I can see you're like, <laughs> you're clicking, you know, the gears turn and Varney, so Varney, Varney Choo Choo chain. She's putting, <laughs> she's putting coal into the boiler and she's taken off right now. Well, yeah. I'm warmed up now. You know, yeah. you guys have warmed me up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I want you to read the next verse for us, Varney. Yep. And we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter two, verses eight to verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 to 10. Oh, we've got some good verses here. Oh, oh, as you can see, I do my research. So, (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this because it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. None of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us a long time ago. Mm. I love this passage because it completely explains, and we're going to get into some more text and and understand this better, but this passage right here completely explains what our relationship to the law should be. Yeah. It's like, by grace you have been saved. You know, people who preach that we should keep the law of God often get accused by other Christians of being legalists. Like, oh, you say that you have to keep the law of God, but don't you know that by grace you have been saved? It's a gift. And it's like, that's the thing. Amen. Hallelujah. We are saved by a gift of God. And I want to pr- encourage anyone, and we've done this a fair few times on radio, if you want to stop the car and you want to or kneel down where you are, whatever it is, and give your heart to Jesus Christ and ask him to remove your sins and repent, he will do that. He will save you. That's what's called in the Bible justification. Mm-hmm. We are justified by the blood of the Lamb, by the gift of God. Like, this is the, you know, we did this nothing. This is exciting news. Like, it's this is something amazing. that every Christian should be excited about. The, this Bible, you know, the, the stories of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, it's called the Gospels. And that word means good, good news. Good news. Because we are just so stoked because we're just like saved by God and it's completely what he has done. Amen. Hallelujah. God has done an amazing work that we had absolutely no participation in. He did it. He did it. Mm-hmm. It was all him because he is God. He is amazing. And we're wretched and miserable sinners. And it's like, okay, but then, so it's like, okay, I'm saved by this gift of God that he's given me by grace. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. But then what's the next step? And the Bible just says right here in verse 10, it's like, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Does God want to save us, you know, and then just leave us in a place where we're just the same, where we're just living in in sin and we're just like destroying our lives by things that are hurting us? No, of course not. No, because he created us to live our best lives. (sighs) That is like my favorite thing to say. You know, whenever people ask me, Lawson, how are you, man? I say two things. I have two answers to that question. I either say, man, I'm just killing it. Or my other answer is, I'm just living my best life. Mm. You know, It's true. He says it all the time, even on air. And it's like, the thing is, you know, Jesus says that he came to give life. And he came to give it more abundantly. More abundantly. I love that verse. And it's like such an amazing te- text because it portrays something. It says, not only did God came to, came to give life, you know, to combat the literal death that, yeah. that we receive, you know. Yeah. But then he came to give it more abundantly. 
to give us a more abundant life. You know, what does that look like? He wants us to live better. And we're going to be going through in our next segment and seeing like, okay, how are some ways that we can live better? And I'm just going to like, you know, do a quick spoiler alert. It's by keeping the Ten Commandments. Yeah. That's the way in which God wants us to live better. And we're going to be talking about the inherent blessings that come from that, how good God is in that. But I just want everyone to know, like, I'll shout this from the rooftops, no matter what anyone says. Man, we are created created in Christ to do good works. Follow them. God wants to make you better than you are. We're going to take a quick song break and listen to a very on-point song this morning. This is by Nathan Young. It's called Written Down in Stone, and it is indeed about the Ten Commandments. This is one of my favorite songs of one of my favorite albums. Take a listen to this. The law is just and the law is right. And it's written by God in stone. The law is love and the law is life. And it's written by God in stone. I will follow His commandments. I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written down in stone The law is holy, the law is Faithful forever sure And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down Oh, it's written down in stone. The law brought fire, and the law brought flood. It brought down judgment from a home. Follow His commandments. I'll 
in stone is written down in stone inscribed by God's almighty Welcome back to Faith of Him. You're listening around across Australia. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. All right, you kids. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing around with the microphones when we're live on air. <laughs> Welcome back to the Breakfast Show. You're here with Lawson and Vani and Mon Mon. And it is time to continue our encounter with God. We are talking about the lower. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the lower. The lower. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like I was saying, before we went into the break, I was talking about the law of God. You're on a roll. I was you were. About, I was yeah. talking about how good God's law is. It is. And you're going to tell us about the blessings that are inherently mm. with them. Because a good life is usually one from having followed the laws of God. But I want to go now and see what the Bible... And specifically, I'm, gonna, I'm trying as much as I can to keep this New Testament. Because I want to show, you know, like, the New Testament is the counsel to the believers of God post-Jesus, right? And that's who we are. With the believers of God post Jesus, mm. what does the Bible say to us? How should our relationship be to the law? Not that it's ever changed before, mm-hmm. but I, I I just want to make sure that anyone out there who would accuse us, you know, for for being legalists or for being you know um, dumb for wanting to keep the law of God, you know, and saying, oh no, we don't need to do that. Like we don't keep the law of God. I just want to show them what the Bible says. So let's go to the Book of Romans. Excellent choice. Romans. And the interesting thing about the book of Romans is that, like, you know, if any other book in the Bible, it is the one that is specifically written to Gentiles and Jews alike. Mm-hmm. Like, like it is the most, well, it's probably, it's regarded as the best epistle of Paul, but it is the most foundational as well interpretation of the New Testament in terms of the epistles of Paul. It's just like, yes, this is how you should live. This is what you should believe, you know, as someone who's read the Bible, as someone who wants to follow Jesus. This is the interpretation of, like, literally, like, most of the themes there. So what chapter are we in? We're going to be in chapter 3. Of the book of Romans. Yes. So Romans chapter 3. Ooh. Yes. Romans chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verse... 20. Waiting, waiting. I'm just, I'm just making sure. I'm just like getting it, okay, getting you, it all That's perfect. fine. You make sure. So Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read that for us, Vani? Sure. So Romans chapter 3, verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Mm, amen. And it's Boom. like, it's like a bit of a harsh rebuke. It's pretty stiff, right? But it's like, what is the purpose of the law? To show us, you know, to show us our sin. Not only to show us our sin, but to show us how we can avoid it. But do you know what? It makes perfect sense to me because we need to know that we need Jesus. And unless Dude, we actually so know that we're sinners, we're not going to feel a need for Jesus. Mm. And it's like, that's that's what the law shows us. You know, it shows us, hey, we are sinners in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, and that's not a wrong thing. No. Some people might be sitting there for me. Oh, so it's just about feeling guilty. Well, look, there, there is a difference between guilt and shame. Shame is like, 
you're terrible, you're bad, and it's all your fault, and it's like, yeah, and it like makes you feel terrible. Whereas guilt, guilt is actually healthy. Sometimes we to need to some extent. To some extent, hundred yeah. <clears> percent. <throat> but sometimes we need that motivation of guilt to get better. I can honestly say that it's been something that's kind of helped me. Like uh, you know, becoming a Christian. Like there's just been times where I've just treated people terribly, and the Holy Spirit's used guilt to say okay i've actually got a really good story that goes with this analogy tell me the story yeah so basically when i was a kid i used to love going out and playing in the mud and getting all dirty you know as girls do and my mum hated it because she would dress me up in these pretty you know outfits and lace socks and nice shoes and i would go out and get all dirty anyway one day i was going to to some sort of party or something and i you know, she gave me very strict instructions. Don't go outside and don't get dirty. And of course, I wanted to go outside. I wanted to get dirty. I just wanted to think, how could I get around this? Mm. And I finally thought, okay, I've got the plan. You know, I'm going to sneak outside. I'm going to play in the mud. And then I'm going to sneak back inside and I'm going to go to the bathroom and wash it all off. But do you know what? When my mum found me, she could still tell that I'd been playing in the mud. Oh. And I was like, how? You know, I've been washing my hands. I've been washing my feet. Do you know where I didn't wash Lawson? Where? my face (laughs) rough gig and it wasn't until I looked in the mirror that I realised I had all that mud on my Mm. face and that's how we are as people you know we go along thinking that we're all super clean and we're all sweet and then we find a mirror and we realise hey actually we're not as clean as we think we are all I see is my moustache and I'm like wow what a man (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm just joking of course but the lore is that mirror Mm. we look at that lore and realise do you know what we are not clean at all we are totally not and it's it's Especially the closer you come to Jesus, the more difference you realize there is between us. One hundred percent. And I just want to read a quote here from it. Like it's like the, let's look at the, the reason why the law can do that is because in Romans chapter seven and verse twelve, this is what the Bible says: Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. And it's like, okay. What is the law? Holy, just, and good. What is God? Holy, just, and good. And how Mm. can we see that we need to be more like God? We need to come closer to Jesus. Mm. We need to change is when we look at God's law because God made it and it's holy and just and good. good. Like what better counsel to base your life on? We were talking about um, Psalm chapter 1. I believe it was either last week or the the week before. And this relationship that Psalm chapter 1 has between Keeping the law of God, being someone who meditates on the law day and night, as the psalm says, and being becoming like a tree that springs up, that mm. bears fruit. And, and I said there's a relationship here between keeping the law of God and manifesting the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. What are the fruits of the Spirit? They're character traits that God imparts on people when they're following Him. When they go on that journey of sanctification, of uh, I want to change. And the thing is, they're all good fruits as they're well. They're all good. You know, love and joy, who, kindness. Who doesn't want more of that in their lives? And you can see people who have those things in their life, and you can tell immediately. And they're the people that you want to spend time with, yeah, right? Like sure. people who have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. You're like, yes, I want to be around people like this. And it's like, well, how did they get that way? Well, they decided one day, hey, I want to start keeping the law of God. It's just like, oh, it just makes so much logical sense. I mean, the irony is, right, when you get married, there's these wedding vows that you have to make, which are almost kind of like keeping rules if you think about it. Yeah. You know, you're saying you're going to stick by that person for better, for worse, for Mm. richer, for poorer. You're going to look after them. You're going to forsake all others. 
but no one ever actually goes to a newlywed couple and goes, oh, you know, by keeping your vows, you're being so legalistic. I know. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, that's an amazing point. I'm going to say that to people now. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I want to turn to one last verse here. Sure. That shows us like the ultimate, like, like what, you know, how does God, you know, what, what, is, what does God think about us keeping the law of God? I think this is the main thing. What does God want us to do? You know, what, what, like we've been reading through the Bible. Obviously, the Bible's inspired by God. It's mm-hmm. like, yep, these are, there's a lot of proof. But what is from the words of God Himself, what he's, yeah. does He say? And I just want to ask, um, Vani, can you read chapter 8 and verse 10 for us of the book of Hebrews? Okay, so Hebrews chapter 8, eight and, and verse, verse 10. 10. Okay, so. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Mm, Yes, because this is such this is a killer text and I love your translation too. It's like, okay, this is the new covenant that I make with my people that I will write the laws on their heart and on their mind, and they will keep it. And it's just, like, so clear, so simple, so easy. God's just like, yep, I want them to live a better life. And then not only that, it's like, because of that, I will be their God, and they will be my people. Powerful stuff. It's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us for our Encounter with God. Stay tuned next week. We'll be picking up uh, again in Exodus and see what happens next. But for now, this is Ron and Patty Valiant with I Love the Lord. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him. The name of the Lord, O Lord, I beseech Thee, deliver my soul. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord, O Lord, I beseech Thee, deliver my soul. I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and supplications, because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon
came on. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. <laughs> well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back. It is time for another clue for our quiz. Our breakfast Bible quiz this morning uh, still hasn't been answered. I want to say, I reckon this is like a medium hard one, to be honest. But I'm going to give you the final clue for it. So this is a Who Am I quiz. And the final clue says, I am the sister of Lazarus and Mary. The sister of Lazarus and Mary. Give us a call if you know who that is. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Text your answer 0491-064-669. If you get it right, we're going to send you the prize. Lawson, it is time for QRBD. Oh, just before you get into that, yeah, I just sure. want to do some quick shout outs. Absolutely. Firstly, shout out Blake Pedlin, the pastor that I work for. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Blake. Happy birthday, Blake. <laughs> so happy birthday to him. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure he turned 33 today, but if he didn't, he turned 45. So that's, just, <laughs> that's a pretty big difference that's, there, that's just a joke. It's that's one just, of the two, right? It's one of the two. Yeah. Um, shout out to the people who are currently over in the Philippines. We have now North New South Wales young adults and South New South Wales young adults over there. And I was talking to one of the South New South Wales young adults jasmine bell and last night she made an appeal for baptism of which i think about six people responded with yes so awesome. I was like, oh, praise, praise the lord the you know lord. it's awesome to see just young people over there sharing their faith um and just just letting god do an amazing work but we have a question of the day yes okay is so this question? is um carry on from our study today uh so uh, what lawson what is the difference between like the law of god and the ceremonial laws like the laws of Oof. moses like, that is a huge topic and yeah. i don't necessarily have time to to responsibly respond to like oh what's the difference but i but i can at the same time um look the law of god when we when, the, when it's referencing the law of god is quite clearly talking about the 10 commandments because they were made you know, they're written by the finger of God on a tablet of stone. The ceremonial laws um, have entirely to do with the ceremonies and the feasts and the sacrifices, which we know when Jesus died on the cross, you know, the veil tore in two and we were no longer um, under dispensation to keep. But this question comes up the most prominently, you know, what's the difference and what do people who want to follow Jesus need to keep? They come up most prominently in Acts chapter 15. Up to this point, basically, there had been Jewish Christians who had been sharing with with Gentiles because finally, you know, in in Acts chapter 10, it's like, yes, we can go out and reach the Gentiles down, all the non-Jews. God has decided to to give them gospel. God had always decided to to want to, you know, to save them. But it was just that finally the the church kind of caught up with that and they were like, all right, now we're going to share with the Gentiles. Um, And so they go out and start sharing with the Gentiles. And then a lot of contention comes up about namely circumcision, you know, ceremonial wash all these kinds of things that were very, very distinctly and uniquely Jewish. And it was like, okay, how do we reconcile that? You know, how do we know which laws they should keep? And they have this thing called the Jerusalem Council, um, where all of the leaders of the church get together and they decide what to do. And they're essentially answering the question, how Jewish does a Gentile believer need need to be to believe in the Jewish Messiah? And they come to this conclusion. And this is like the shortest version of my Opinion and the shortest version of what I can say that the Bible says. But look, this is what happens in, in Acts chapter 15, verses 28 and 29. They come to a conclusion of what people should do. and says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burdens than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these... You will do well. 
So that's the totality of what's being said there. The question then gets asked, okay, so is that that's all we need to do? Stay away from blood, things, strangles, and sexual immorality? I would then ask the question like, oh, well, what about murder? Is that, are we just all right to do that now? What about... What about um, lying to each other? You know, can I can I just lie to people? Um, can I do any of those things? And it's like, no. What's going on here? You know, and the only way that you can interpret this piece of scripture is referencing. Essentially, there's been two laws referenced here, the health laws and the moral law of God. Not the ceremonial law. You know, ceremonial laws is something like, for example, there was a ceremonial hand washing that they would do where they would keep an eggshell beside a basin and they would fill the eggshell with water and then they would put the eggshell between their fingers and tip it backwards onto their hands and the water would run off on their hand and that would that would symbolize complete and pure, you know, symbolic uh, ceremonial purification. That wasn't referenced at all. The only thing that was referenced was the Ten Commandments of God and uh, and the health laws. And they're, they're, they're what, there's what we should keep. There you go. Thank you very much, Lawson. If you have a question, give us a call. Uh, we can answer that for a question of the day. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. Help my eyes be. 
others thou art calling Do not pass me Welcoming you back to The Breakfast Show. You are listening to Faith FM. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on The Breakfast Show. Sorry, our microphones just went, but it's funny there. Uh, we have come to the end of the show. It's time for us to give something away, but we do want to announce that Diane from Ballina called up and uh, answered the quiz, uh, the Breakfast Bible quiz, and got the answer correct. The answer, of course, was Martha, and she has won herself. Uh, the Breakfast Book by Sue Rad, as picked out by Varney Awanmaichu, who was still with us this morning. Thanks for sticking around, Varney. But Varney, we've also let you pick out the, um, the giveaway. And today, what have you got to give away? Today we are giving away a book called Patriarchs and oh, Prophets. Classic. This which, is so as point. Lawson says, is an absolutely classic book. If you've enjoyed what we've been talking about today, if you've enjoyed talking about the law, learning a little bit about how important it is and what role it still has for us today, you are going to want a copy of this book. Yes, this also covers, you know, the story of the Exodus uh, in depth. It talks about Moses and the children of Israelites, the handing down of the Ten Commandments. Um, that entire episode in the Bible, the Bible season two, this book covers it and uh, this book is such a faith affirming book it's definitely one that changed my spiritual walk when i first was studying out uh so get a copy of that patriarchs and prophets by eg white uh thank you so much again um varney for coming on board really enjoyed having you on the show my pleasure it's been so much fun hanging out with you guys and a special special thank you to lawson and walters now lawson michael (laughs) walters (laughs) for filling in for lyle for all these weeks we've really appreciated your help um and also to producer jazz who Uh, is already enjoying her first sleep in uh, after having filled in for producer shell for so long so we appreciate all our stand-ins uh, here on faith fm we will be back next week uh bright and perky monday morning uh with lyle the man himself back oh. in town uh with myself on air again after the seven o'clock news on monday morning if you would like to learn more about the bible give us a call now our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM uh, give us a call for the giveaway. Give us a call if you want to learn more about the Bible. Give us a call if you want to ask a question. Uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843.
strength of flesh and 